0: everyone welcome to the flywheel pod and we just finished a spectacular episode wow well wow, what do you think of that one with uh charlie and pitch like charlie's one smart cookie and he also loves making cookies do i can't i, I could can, i witnessed that dude this dude's he's fucking, definitely giga brain
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah he freaking makes cookies on the reg like when i visited him in cali like i was like why is there so much sugar in his house and flour i'm like and his girlfriend was like oh it's because he makes cookies every week i'm like oh that's so wholesome but <laughs> he's like "Actually, he's like dude like that you know the way that we were like firing questions at him and just like the way how he not only responded but how articulate and detailed that he was in his responses whether it was asking about meta governance whether it was asking about the frax ecosystem whether it was asking about you know the e-tokenomics and it's you know questions around that you know it was super impressive and it was, I was shocked that it was Charlie's first interview. He, you know, It felt like he's been around the block a few times, but that just goes to show you yeah. know, the talent that exists here.
1: Yeah, dude, he clearly and sufficiently demonstrated like he knows the whole DeFi ecosystem very well. And like, all the nooks and crannies of how each protocol could possibly interlink with each other as well. Like I, I, the way I see it is like he's baking meta governance on chain, baking, baking cookies off chain.
0: Dude, Charlie you know, the Baker. Like that should be that should be his persona.
1: Charlie the Baker, man. I, I, Charlie I mean, the Baker. I, I I really like how he's able to you know take on both some of our our easier questions, but also really give us real thought on the difficult questions that you know you and I were wow. asking him. So he's, he, he keeps him honest as a as an honest builder. You know what do you say? Yeah. Uh, a real building happens here in, in yep. the practice system.
0: Go- well, yeah, real building happens in the Frax. Was it real building happens on chain or real building happens in the Frax ecosystem? I, think so. I mean, both Both are true. I mean, the builders have come to the Frax ecosystem and especially with, like, the type of people it has attracted. And I think he was referencing mm-hmm. that. And people in the Frax ecosystem just live on chain. And it's great. I've, like, known Charlie yeah. for a while and, like, Pitch is ac- actually an incubated project of PIF Labs. So it's, like, great, you know, from when I, like, met him, like, over... I think it's almost been like two years since like I first started like kind of talking to him So now like, you know, he's really, you know, taking it on and like, I'm proud to be like a part in, in supporting what he's doing um, as mm-hmm. an advisor. That's so right. That's- aren't,
1: aren't you an advisor? Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Got to give that disclaimer for y'all. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyways. So yeah, like this is super exciting episode. Every episode super exciting, but everyone's special in their own way. Um, and we're excited yep. to get this going. Let's, you know, and don't forget to, uh, you know, subscribe. You know, we're trying to, now we're over 100 subscribers. Let's see if we get to 200. I think we get to 200 this week. So let's see, you know, hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at FlywheelPod. Make sure to follow our Telegram channel at FlywheelPod, you know, and uh, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, and wherever podcasts are distributed. And you can follow me at, da- at DeFi Dave 22 I finally changed my username. So Five Day 22, that's where you can find me.
1: And you can find me at 0X, capital underscore K. And make sure you stay until the end of this pod for that alpha.
0: That pod. <laughs> I don't know. I was saying like that alpha, but I came out that pod. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> go enjoy this one. This is a good one. Have fun, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the flywheel. You know, We're back again, another week, another podcast, and this time around, we have Mr. Charlie Pyle, the founder and mastermind behind Pitch, is it Pitch Money or Pitch Foundation?
2: Uh, We're Pitch Foundation.
0: Pitch Foundation. And this is a uh, meta governance platform that uh, first started with a sniper shot of the Frax ecosystem and has since kind of widened their range a bit to a CRV, CVX, it's still doing a lot of stuff with Frax. And um, yeah, so, you know, just to get this started, uh, you know, Charlie, um, you know, you really just like got into like, for, I've known you for a while and really got to know you over the past year. And, you know, for it was over this past year that you really got into DeFi and, um, in, and stablecoins. And so I'm just, you know, for everyone at home that, you know, who doesn't know who you are, or, like want to get to know you, like, you know, what's your background and how'd you get into DeFi? Because I feel like you were like, when I first met you last year, you were like a little bit critical of DeFi, but then like from that critical lens, you came around to it. So, um, yeah.
2: Yeah, man. Thank you. So I uh, went to USC and I studied computer science. I got an undergrad and a master's there studying uh, blockchain, actually. I was a researcher for more specifically the higher level infrastructure of the chain. But then around my senior year of college, I got really into AMMs. And I think it was right around you when I met you that I discovered (laughs) Uniswap and the notion of this perpetual swapping machine that I thought was really, really neat. And it kind of flipped me to the dark side, which was around January 21. Yeah, January 21. But I actually wrote my first smart contract in 2019. It just had nothing to do with you know, order books and loans and stuff like that. And then since then, I've kind of gone further and further down the rabbit hole. I studied a lot of stable coins in my last few semesters regarding time scarcity. And I thought that seniorid shares to coins were cool because they were actually a step forward in monetary policy so the second i saw frax implement some kind of a combination with that and traditional dollar backing i bought a huge bag and i've been a big supporter ever since i met <laughs> sam he's an awesome guy and i'm thrilled to be working in the ecosystem
0: yeah cool cool yeah i mean like that's like all of us here just you know fraxfulness yeah. and whatnot um, i was going to say like last year you mentioned to me like a few weeks ago that you were like doing much more machine learning stuff like uh last year and i'm just wondering like what made you like finally come around to DeFi and crypto? Because you could have like went a bunch of different other directions. Like what made this like the most attractive path?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the biggest problems with machine learning and AI in general is that it's predicated on large data sets and the only people who hold those data sets are the government and large institutions. So there's almost no opportunity for creative entrepreneurship in the space, at least in 2019, 2020, that was the case. I think it's getting a little bit better, but. By and large, it's sort sort of gate kept versus crypto as the Wild West. And if you show up with two hands and you can write even a couple of lines of code, you can create a brand new protocol in an hour or two. Yeah.
0: Wow. Cool.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, I also want to tell my origin story with uh, Charlie. Uh, yeah. I actually met him uh, across the Atlantic Ocean in Lisboa when both of us were there for uh, I, I was East there, East, there too. I believe. <laughs> yes, exactly. They was there, too. It was, it was at a rooftop. It was a rooftop bar on top of the top floor of a parking lot. Like that, that blew my mind. It was like it was called the parking lot, and they had like a rooftop bar on top. It was then, the nicest you know,
0: parking garage ever.
1: Nicest parking garage. Very, very uh, California vibes to it, too. Uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. that that's where I, I first met Charlie, and we definitely hit it off. So I'm, I'm glad we kind of did a full yeah. circle coming having you on the pod, man.
0: Yeah. And Thank honestly, you, like, yeah, I, I kind of like, you know, go in with my origin story with Charlie, because me and Charlie go back to a group trade trading chat of a mutual of ours. And he just saw me, uh, just post about, I would mention like fracks and like DeFi stuff that I was interested in. And like, I think that's what first got your interest. And then it was funny because, um, when I was at the end of my road trip, um, you know, you texted me, And I forgot where I knew you from. I didn't know if I knew you from my Everpedia days, if I knew you from something else. And you're just like, hey, man, like I heard you're going back to L.A. Like, it'd be great to catch up and see you. And I'm just like, I played off like, yeah, it'd be great. But like, I I really wasn't sure who you were. But then like once I told you to like come to that one meetup, I'm like, oh, so that's, you know, that's how we know each other. And then just like the coolest thing about this past year is just like running into you in like all different cities and just like developing this friendship over like every city, whether it was like in LA or in SF or in Lisbon or whatnot, or Miami or whatnot, just seeing you everywhere and just seeing like your progress as you like got like a little bit more deeper, a little bit more deeper and a little bit more deeper into DeFi. And then just to see where you are now, I'm just like, damn, I just got to say I'm proud of you. <laughs> I am definitely proud, yeah. proud of like your progress yeah. and where you are now.
2: Thank you, man. Yeah, no, it was really funny that we met in a group chat, and I've actually done that with a lot of people where I'll shoot yeah. them a text as if we're already friends, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, like, great to see you again. Like, let's meet up." And you'd be surprised how often that works. People will just, go, yeah, I probably know you from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've already met in seven or eight cities. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, um, so cool, man. Well, well, pretty-
1: well, Charlie, I I love to hear about what you are currently building in DeFi. Uh, this thing called uh, pitch money from pitch foundation can you tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah so pitch money is the the first application that we released under the, the foundation and soon to be at DAO actually but it's been a whole roller coaster of fun uh, the, the core premise behind the project was that governance tokens and DeFi are really good at tying to value and they can say okay the price is this much now it should go up and you can borrow against that take out an option but They're called governance tokens and at the base of them is the ability to decide how these DAOs function. And it's very bad at pricing in that feature. So if you look at Vodium, which is the first protocol to really capture this at scale, they were consistently pricing 300, 400% premiums on the economics to the governance itself. And that's why the FRAX protocol could regularly spend $1 down and earn $4 of liquidity back to itself. And there's a lot of interesting economics in the tokens, but. More specifically, if you think about the traditional world and Web two and shares of stock, if, if there was that large of a junction between how much power these things let you exercise and how much they were worth, these companies would be functionally unstable. These governments would be fundamentally unstable. So it seems like a very obvious opportunity to fix that inefficiency a little bit and help give back to the community.
1: Cool. Got it. And so, okay.
0: And go ahead, Dave. Uh, I was going to say, like, so how does like pitch money work? I guess like. Actually like what's the evolution of pitch money because when I first saw pitch money it was like just simple vote incentives but now it's a lot more now you got pitch fxs going so like how does pitch money how did like pitch money start and like how does it work now
2: Yeah so getting into the specifics less about the high ideological side um, we noticed that the frax ecosystem specifically was severely mispriced and they replicated the original gauge system that Curve originated about a year ago the premise behind the gauge system for anyone who doesn't know is that if you want to vote on where the inflationary policy goes, you need to lock up your liquidity. It'd be like if you wanted to vote on where Jerome Powell sent the new inflationary dollars to banks, you needed to lock away your money in the United States. It's a pretty crazy system uh, and it's very interesting. So you can vote that me- with that mechanism and it gives a lot of power to the actual voter. So it created this entire like lobbying incentive ecosystem where folks would give $100 to vote for my pool because the, then the inflation will go to my liquidity pool. When I say pool, it's just an exchange between two tokens. So we built a platform to provide that service specifically to the Frax ecosystem. Uh, One of my best buddies from college, he and I stood it up in like a weekend or two. And then we just found consistently more inefficiencies because then we noticed this enormous problem of voter apathy where every week 90% of people don't vote. They need to actually go on chain and pay 20 bucks if they want to vote, which is clearly pricing out anyone but the largest fish. And then if they want to claim the money, they need to pay every week. So there was just an enormous set of problems to setting up a whole system around this. And this is kind of why in the history of the United States, we very quickly moved to a republic and not a strict democracy, because it's functionally intractable for a single person to vote every single week. It's expensive. It's time consuming. So we started building a delegation feature. So that way you could create these Mm -hmm. little, we call them governance Legos. Money Legos was the beginning of DeFi, where you could combine money. I think now you can combine governance in interesting ways and create blocks and all of that. So we released Pitch FXS, which is the, the governance delegatable token for the FRAX ecosystem. Uh, and the reason this needs to exist is that the vote escrow FRAX token, the, the voting token that you can use to send inflation around, that is fundamentally not delegatable. The smart contract does not let you do that. For similar reasons, you actually cannot borrow against it either because there's no lending capability native to it. So if you wanted to build a full voting and financial stack on top of this important governance layer, you need an ERC-20 token. So we just released that and within the last couple of days, I think we're at six or $700,000 of TVL and just the token itself. And then just over a million in liquidity for it on Swap. So it's been really fun.
0: Wow. wow. So you said that it unlocks, well, you said two things like one, like you can actually use it for different financial primitives. I think like the problem with the e-tokens is, you can't do that they're just locked um you can't you mm-hmm. can't like utilize like, you, you can't utilize it throughout DeFi because of that it's kind of like it's, it kind of reminds me of the difficult difficulty of the composability of nfts but like just somewhat different but with like pitch you can like go and like you know use it for fraxland when it comes out or for something else um and um i guess my question is with like pitch with the pitch fxs um is how does it like how, how else does it like fit into the, the Frax ecosystem, you think? And like, how do you think it improves Frax overall?
2: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic question. So something to note about VEFXS is the original intuition was that if you contract the liquidity by making people lock up their token, then the price will go up faster because there's less VE, there's less FXS in the market. The liquidity is backed away. And intrinsically, it's more of a scarce asset which is fantastic during a bull market because you saw it run up to $42. It hit this crazy all-time high. But the problem is that it's it's equally reflexive on the way down. So if there's only (laughs) 10, 20, the excess of liquidity left and someone buys half of it, the tokens are worth almost nothing. So there's this interesting liquidity constraint that's simultaneously a feature and a bug. And if you wanted to onboard someone like a large hedge fund who buys tokens in $100 million increments, there's no venue that they could buy FXS at in that universe today. There's simply no liquidity. And as long as VE FXS continues as it will, the, the price of FXS would necessarily need to go to the moon if it was to onboard that level of capital. So, And that's only one side of the, the capital constraint, actually. The second side is that if you hold a bunch of FXS and you're a hedge fund and you, your LP is Boston College and they, Boston College wants its money to pay its students, and you're locked up in VEFXS. Like, what are you gonna tell them? Like, I'm sorry, the kids aren't eating this semester. <laughs> it just <laughs> work. Like, you, you need some kind of liquidity. They have delta neutral strategies. Like, these are very complex organizations with huge org charts. So, there needs to be some additional level of complexity if we want to start onboarding the next trillion dollars into into fraction into DeFi more generally.
0: So this is what you have in mind when you're building a pitch. Like, are you thinking at an institutional trillion, like trillions in TVL level? Just like, hey, if I'm an institution and I have these like certain obligations and parameters I have to abide by, like, what what do I have to do, and how do you balance that out with kind of the ethos of DeFi?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that DeFi won't ever really have been a success unless it does onboard a trillion dollars. Right. That's when truly you have decentralized finance where people. Can use these protocols to buy a sandwich in some other country, wherever that is. <laughs> and that requires enormous financial rails, that requires 24-7 uptime and, and really good on and offboarding. So right now, I think we're all very we're familiar with DeFi, so it seems super easy to load up a MetaMask and LP into sushi swap or whatever. But if you want to just have a functional FRAX stablecoin with a trillion dollars in market cap that's deployed in all these different countries, it requires a huge level of sophistication on how that is governed, on where the new money should be printed into the, perhaps you have a, a an AMO that goes to the Bank of Indonesia or something, and you wanna provide them 100 million fracks to do liquidity in X, Y, and Z. You need to have rails to on and offboard that level of liquidity. And whether that's the locked fracks pool or something like a locked governance token with liquidity around it, there's a whole lot that needs to be built, I think, for this thing to succeed.
1: Wow, okay, so speaking of succeeding, um, Charlie, in your mind, what does success look like for um, Pitch Money and then also you know, Pitch Foundation as a whole?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because success is nebulous. I think all of us who've ever achieved even a little bit immediately redefine the goalposts and keep getting larger and larger. We've already seen that before when in the beginning we just wanted to provide the best possible user experience to make FRAX governance very tight and efficient. But I think more generally, You can see all of these applications across DeFi where you combine these vote incentives marketplaces with interest rate options that come out of Dopex, and suddenly you have a a really tight governance market. Um, So I think one of the core goals is making it so that governance is priced into DeFi undeniably to the point that Bean could never happen. No one could just borrow all the tokens and bankrupt the treasury or like something like that never happens to Om, where you borrow all the tokens and bankrupt the Rfv or something like that. like. That would never happen in the real world, and the layer of vulnerability is not a smart contract risk, because it is a smart contract risk. Technically, you said you could borrow the governance token, but more precisely, it's a framework problem, which is how we handle the governance in the first place.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask when, you know, kind of building this and kind of noticing how different DeFi protocols and money Legos interact with each other. Robert Sam said something really interesting last week that, you know, it, it feels that, It feels like that DeFi protocols are just are not like finding anything new or novel about economics. They're just rediscovering the laws of economics, but doing it on chain. So, do you feel like the same way? Because I know you're pretty well read, and like, do you feel like the same way about you know not just like economic laws, but like I guess like you know noticing things about human nature and governance? Have you seen anything novel, or do you think you're just like you know just rediscovering them on the economic laws on chain? So
2: economic laws aren't quite like physical laws in that they're really etched into the universe and you have these gravitational constants and stuff like that. They tend to be a bit more malleable. And I think similar to how physics, like in the, the world would change if you could just change like the gravity coefficient slightly, and then the whole like sandbox would look different. When modeling economics in DeFi, if you can change the efficiency coefficient, which is how long it takes money to swap between different parties, I think you will see qualitatively different outcomes. So even though we 're not discovering new mechanics and that payments have always existed. loans have always existed uh, the The backbone of traditional finance is that when I pay with a credit card i 'm going to give two point i think it's two point seven percent to visa it 's going to take three days via ach there's all of these certain requirements there's minimal banking like like fundamentally the interest rate sets what banks need to hold and their different reserves uh, those engender fully different frameworks of how people interact with commerce so I think that if we in in this new paradigm we're Blocks are posted every 10 seconds on Ethereum. You will see a fundamentally different world, but it's not because the fundamental laws of economics are different. It's just that the sandbox has changed and the the environment looks different. It's no longer sandy. Now it's filled with trees and different scenery.
0: And basically it's the devs and the builders. I love that answer. Bravo. Bravo. And it's basically the devs and the builders. Um, I had a friend say say to me once um, that like what's amazing about DeFi and just and just in general is that you can literally write these smart contracts and engineer your own economic incentives for like the whole for the whole system and like see like where you know where your protocol fits in place in the whole wider ecosystem and you know we really never had that type of like agency before in economics And i think we've always been like going towards that point whether it's like you know whether it's like the medicis and the renaissance in the 1600s like freaking out credit like advancements in credit and then that moving like forward over into the industrial age and now and blockchain and just like with the whole realm of like the cryptography and cryptocurrency basically we're able to do all these different things to like guarantee that okay this basically this is like in stone this is like the number this is set instead you know if that makes does that make sense
2: yeah no it makes complete sense yeah
0: Um, Charlie, I'm just thinking over
1: here. I'm still kind of caught on what success looks like for for pitch, right? I'm just using some comps here. Uh, for the biggest governance wrap token I know is like CVX CRV, right? Mm-hmm. And and that bad boy right now is at like about 170 million. And then I looked at you know the uh, locked FXS on Frax like natively uh, that could have been pitch FXS. But, you know, Pitch didn't innovate in time to come out and capture that. And that comes out to be about like 230 million. Do you think the most bold case for Pitch uh, FXS is to capture all of the locked FXS?
2: Yes, that's a very funny question. Uh, I think that there's probably not, that's not the case in the same way that if Frax had 100% of the Frax stablecoin supply, it would not be useful anymore. Mm-hmm. Because like the whole reason that networks are useful in general is that you have lots of independent nodes who can participate mm-hmm. with them. That's also why governance is so interesting on chain and it's not a dictatorship, even though usually only a few people control the multi-sig. So it's very, very interesting. I think that there will be a healthy world of people who mm-hmm. provide their own services to the frax ecosystem for example temple dow release really stacks finance which looks super exciting and i speak with those folks all the time so i don't know pitch doesn't need to capture 100 percent to be really successful it just needs to provide the best possible services to those who have it so they're going to have fantastic delegated voting there's going to be deep liquidity for lending against the protocol and more specifically i think we want to be at the, the foundation of providing institutional rails to the frax ecosystem so right now, it's just about gauges and voting, and it looks very, very minute, but in the grander scheme, we're all brainstorming around the same couple concepts, whether that's a, like real world asset lending or onboarding larger funds. So it extends far more than just the the market cap of, of FXS, but I think that'll be a pretty good proxy because I, I personally am very bullish on FXS and the whole DeFi uh, trinity that it has built between lending and liquidity. and What's the third one? It. It's LLC, currency. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then LLC. Yeah. To follow up on that, like, how does pitch capture uh, value from this, um, you know, meta governance layer?
2: Yeah. So I think that right now we look uh, similar to any institution that will issue assets to other folks or accept liabilities. And then usually we can take on some kind of a, an equity layer or process So say we accept you know, $100 million in, in vote incentives, and then it'll be a week or two for those to actually get paid out, and perhaps everyone doesn't claim the money immediately because they want to let it stack up, then we just have cash sitting in the the incentives platform. And while that's sitting there, we could perhaps farm it on your finance and take a small spread as the, the institution facilitating the transactions. Similarly, if we wanted to to fundraise some kind of a, an AMO where we raise cash and then use that to to work our own incentives platform and incentivize certain pools where, where we can capture value as a protocol. For example, we as a protocol own uh, some of the pitch of excess in our own pool. So when emissions go to that, we as a, as a DAO capture the, the emissions and can use that to build a flywheel. It, it takes on a very interesting uh, layer. Yeah, the like, traditional alternative is something like a banking layer in the Web2 world.
1: Wow. I I love that you're taking the FRAX AMO and then you're applying it to the FRAX governance.
0: (laughs) It's like a a meta AMO. You took the word out of my (laughs) mouth, meta AMO.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just think of it like the the whole system is so hilariously inefficient and FRAX has been using that to capitalize on the curve side for months and months now, but there's no reason why they can't mint money, use it to spend and incentivize the own gauges that they happen to have a lot of protocol and liquidity in. And then capture some kind of spread on that. And not only does it provide a profit to the Frax protocol, but it provides, in a way, exogenous capital that incentivizes further FXS locking. So it's great for the ecosystem.
0: Yeah, that leads me to my next question. Um, what's it like working in the Frax ecosystem? And, you know, what's it like working with, you know, both, you know, other actors in it, whether it be convex or Stacks or whoever else? And what's it like, you know, work, you know, dealing with like governance and like dealing with you know, see, seeing like kind of the direction of where the core team wants to go. Like, how do you like balance all that out?
2: It's very complex because I've never encountered anything like it before. It doesn't resemble a government. It doesn't resemble a business. It resembles its own weird thing, which we call a DAO. And it's been really fun, but it's been definitely challenging to navigate the different communication channels people use. Some people use Telegram, some are on Discord. Some will never hop on the phone with you while others will call you all the time. So it's a a little bit of a here and there, but it's been a lot of signal to noise. As someone who used to work in the NFT land a little bit, used to work in traditional infra, I think that the community that Frax has attracted on the governance forums is fantastic. They are all signal, almost like there's no shilling happening about why it's going to go to the moon. It's legitimately constructive conversations about what does the future of finance look like? And it's for reasons like that that I'm excited to be here. This is where real building happens.
0: This is where real building happens. Hell yeah, yeah Even at at <laughs> even when I was just in New York for NFT NYC, and in like this like whole like sea of like NFT land, I'm just like I'm gonna have a Frax meetup, and 15 people showed up, and all of them came in Giga Brain and just were just chatting it up, like both like researchers, people that were curious, curious people that you know were in funds, and like everybody. Had something really to contribute to the conversation, and it's the same thing happening in Amsterdam. And um, I'm just honestly really proud to be a part of this community. It's like that YouTube meme of like that that girl from that recap video. is like I'm so proud to be, but like honestly, I am. And I'm definitely gonna host another one of those for X meetups in uh, in Paris. Um, but yeah, no, that's cool. Um, and I guess like a another question I was gonna add um, here was what's your view on the i know you work with like the building on the ve system and around it but like overall like what do you think of like the current vote incentive system do you think it's sustainable um do you think like this system is suited for fracks but not suited for you know other protocols so what's your view on that
2: the sustainability of anything in in DeFi has always been a big question mark i think for everybody (laughs) but that's because the it's kind of like you're just running from a wild animal and you're going as fast as you possibly. And there's a lot of different <laughs> wild animals. You have the bears who just want the whole thing to go to zero. You have the government who wants to kill it in its tracks.
0: You but have Moloch.
2: You have Moloch. In many <laughs> ways, it's actually like, it's like a rocket trying to escape gravity. And the gravity put, like, gets just as strong as the rocket fuel gets stronger and stronger the higher up you go. And I think we are at one of those eclipsing points when we're either going to reach escape velocity or just continue to putter along through the next bear market and with regards to building in the frax ecosystem uh oh you're asking about the sustainability of it right yeah i i don't think there's any problem with the ve system i think that it definitely there are small ways it could be improved but generally the cool thing it did is bring exogenous capital to these different DeFi ecosystems so people love to say like oh curve going to zero it's printing more crv than it gets in fees you know there's a multiple of four on that like it's all over and to some extent, there's there's a lot of veracity to that. But on the other ha- half of it, there's real money coming in from all of the convex ecosystem, from any of the, the quote-unquote bribers, I don't like that word, uh, in the world that brings money into the ecosystem. The vote incentivizes Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and it connects like the curve ecosystem to other ecosystems. And that is truly what's created a stronger DeFi web. I think that it no longer looks like one or two protocols like it used to in the day where you'd have Uniswap and Aave. Uh, now there's truly a large, vast combination between the interest rate options on Dopex that connect in with the, the APY of curve incentives that connect in with the lending on all of these different markets. So it's definitely growing. And I think the sustainability of it in 2022 is orders of magnitude higher than it was in 2017 or 2018.
0: Yeah, I think with, you know, especially with the FRAX baseball coming out, you see this confederation between curve frax and convex being formed um and so that actually leads to my next question um yeah i think frax and you usdc make the perfect match together because one is the on off ramp of just c to d pretty seamlessly for especially those like that are americans and whatnot and then you have frax which is um you know the like The stablecoin, the decentralized stablecoin for like the rest of the ecosystem, and like I know there's like you know things like wrapped USDC, but and whatnot. But in the, it's in the smart the USDC is in the smart contract, and it's not like if they if you know Circle blacklists like you know one smart contract, then everything's gonna like fall apart, whether it's like USDC Curve and whatnot. So it's just I don't think it's even their mandate, or I don't think they can blacklist smart contracts or whatnot. So like considering all that, I think like you know USDC and Frax are like the perfect yin and yang, and like. And, you know, ha- having like USDC as the collateral, like, just makes sense.
1: I, I agree. I, I think like, you know, to avoid that super black swan event of, you know, circles, say just freezing everybody's its wallets. Like if you just deposited your USDC into the, the base pool and the okay. base pool becomes like the counterpair to everything across DeFi, then you no longer have a worry because they can't yeah. freeze the base pool. And I, I really want to highlight this thing that Charlie said that just just really, you know, took me back was, you know, in, in 2020 during DeFi Summer, we saw, quote, composability of like, hey, you deposit into Sushi and get an, an a, a SLP. And then from there, you then de- farm it somewhere else on another protocol. Like that was our standard of composability and money Legoing But now frax just redefined that whole game and being integrated at such a core level of a completely separate protocol like that mm-hmm. k- kind of blew my mind for a second it was, it was like the the deepest level of lp you can get where other lps built on top of you you know so that just just kind of took me back man that, that was really cool
2: <laughs> yeah man
1: and, and I, I want to follow up with that uh is frax is now no longer selling its crv token right because it's you know kind of whitelisted and and etc then where is the revenue going to come from if it's not selling convex tokens cvx and it's not selling crv like how is it going to keep on paying these uh or incentivizing these pools
2: that's a that's a great question and i think that the, the only three really pieces of ammo that it has, what is four pieces of ammo, right? There's CRV and there's CVX, with, which we both just took off the table. So that leaves two other tokens, which are FRAX and FXS. Those are the two native tokens of the protocol, right? So mm-hmm. it, it creates an interesting like asset liability mismatch. We're now it's starting to pull on new assets into the equation, but it's locking them up. So they're, they're somewhat liquid assets, but they're not really. And then it can either mint fracks against those assets and create corresponding liabilities, incentivize with that, or it could just use the FXS that it has in the treasury. And presumably the FXS value should balloon up alongside the CRV because there's more tokens backing it. Uh, But we're not entirely sure if that's the case yet, because if those tokens are permanently locked, then the FXS can never really realize the value that it's holding in the bank. So it wouldn't actually go up too much. So there's two different types of things that could happen here. One of them is Frax release; <laughs> they could release FRAX CRV. They might release their own liquid locker and start to market make that, which would be pretty funny. Or they mint FRAX against it and they decide the LTV that they're going to incentivize with and they're going to just pop more stable coins into the market now backed by the very existence of this stable coin AMM. So I'm very interested to see what they end up doing.
0: Yeah. And do you think there's other ways to get revenue as well, such as you know, once FRAX Lend comes out, you know, frack swap too, like the fees from those things. Also, you know, maybe like doing finding more organic sources of yield, such as options. Like you said, there's Dopex, there's Premia, there's Thetanuts, there's like a ton of different options out there possibly. So do you think there's a chance out there for organic yield?
2: Yeah, I think the organic yield is becoming more and more prevalent in the system. And I think that this vote incentives ecosystem is legitimately organic yield because people are paying for the, the new governance token with their own Assets, so there's definitely ample opportunity. I was speaking mostly to the the flywheel of the Curve ecosystem because Mm. someone like there needs to be some kind of dollar that goes down on the please vote for us side of the equation, and I don't know what that dollar is going to be denominated in. And there's trade offs to every single side of that equation. More generally, between ribbon finance and IROS and all the other stuff being built, Frax is fine. It's it's Mm. probably the most liquid balance sheet in all of DeFi. Because that's what makes FRAX really unique, right? Like OM has a balance sheet and it's fantastic and they've, they've done a great job with it. And so has Redacted and all these other large institutions, but what makes FRAX special is if they take in an asset, they can just mint liquidity into existence. You know, they don't just put USDC into the curve pool. If they get USDC, they can mint some FRAX and put both of those tokens into the curve pool. And now instead of getting 7%, they're getting 14% because they have twice as much liquidity in the pool for every dollar in their balance sheet. So it's incredibly nimble and liquid. And I'm very confident that they'll monetize however they can.
1: Yeah, I'm also seeing how we may be overlooking the trading fees that we would get from having the base pool as like the de facto counter on every other asset. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some value capture there. I wish somebody, you know, hopefully some of the listener is, is a- ambitious to go out there and figure out what are the fees earned by the three CRB pool. And maybe we can kind of do a comparison because
0: is going to capture at least half of that, right?
2: Mm-hmm. That's a great point.
0: Cool. Yeah. And it just makes sense for when you, when you guys explain it again, it just makes sense for stable coins and for honestly, whoever to like pair against the f- base pool because it attracts baseball because it's just in their interest. It's positive. Some it turns a PVP environment to a PVE environment. Um, And I think that's especially more important now as we get into a different phase of the market, crab, bear, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, definitely in protocol's best interest, especially now, you know, know, especially now. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And then, Charlie, I'm on the Pitch website right now, and I see that you have obviously FRAX, but you also have like a CRV um, incentives, gauges available for bribing or incentivizing. And do you think you're going to add any other future protocols or or any other projects that kind of catches your eye right now?
2: Yeah, I think at some point in the relatively near future, we're going to start supporting other protocols. Right now, we've just been tailor-making our back-end, which you cannot see on this website, but we're writing code on it every day, to provide much more sophisticated economic support for protocols. So think about Frax, for example. They're paying, I think, like a million bucks a week or this crazy amount of money to their Frax pool every week. And that just would seem obscene to anyone who doesn't understand the economics of the situation. And that's because Frax is incentivizing CVX holders mostly to vote for them. And the reason they like that is because they hold a bunch of CVX, so they can vote for themselves. So boom, they already get 20% back on every dollar they spend. Additionally, they own half or three quarters of the pool they're incentivizing. So if they put down a dollar and that retrieves $2 of emissions, and they own 75% of that, well now they're going to make fifty, which is awesome. It's a guaranteed profit, unless people don't vote for you, and then it's no longer a guaranteed profit. And this is where you see this enormous mismatch where sometimes people put down money and make no rewards, and they just burned it. And that never needs to happen. That's like the equivalent of putting down a limit order on a stock market, and then no one ever fills your supply. You never get the token, but the money just disappears at the end of the week. It's like this burnable limit order. It makes no sense. So we've been building this minor, like limit order infrastructure so folks could say, I'll pay 75 cents per vote emission. And then if you get no votes, no emissions, then you pay no, no money at all. And that's a much, much more efficient market because now you have legitimate price discovery around the actual value of the vote. You're not just throwing money down and hoping that it turns into something one day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're like the ultimate optimizer, basically. Just, you know, for the most efficiency, like that's what you guys are focusing on at Pitch.
2: Yeah, because if this VE system does continue to scale across DeFi, and it looks like it will, Balancer's using it, DopeX, like everyone's using it then the economics of how this incentivization schema work are very very complex there's the, the part where you own part of the tokens you're claiming there's the, the question of how much liquidity you provided there's also a question of like what are you trying to incentivize in the first place say I have a thousand dollars and I have a pool on balancer and a pool on curve and a pool on frax swap and I don't know which one I should be incentivizing because there's three different marketplaces you could create some kind of a router that sends25 dollars to one and 300 to the other and 675 to the last. So there's a lot of complexity in this where you could build a whole stack of vote incentives. And we're trying to really get that right with Frax and CRV and CVX, which is the kind of trifecta of stable coins right now. And then once we're really happy with that implementation, which should be in the next couple of weeks, we're planning to go scale for the rest of DeFi because at that point, it's kind of just a copy and paste machine.
0: Yeah. So you basically set your foundation with the trifecta confederation of Convex, Frax, and Curve, and then once you master that and have that down, you can go basic horizontal from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: you know what? Like, um, this is this is quite timely because the uh, convex uh, vote just ended yesterday, and then we have the Curve vote ending uh, tomorrow. And every single time, I would have to go through to pitch that money, dot Finance. Vodium, it's just for me to figure out what are the bribes that are happening, and sometimes even hidden hands to, to even check out what are the bribes going on this week. I think mm. that is so inefficient. Like, why does a aggregated um, voting platform exist? Where we need it. so we what? Need if it. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, so what if a incentive didn't originate on your platform? Still feature it and pull in and aggregate all of the Vodium bribes or, or all of the the, the incentives so that the user, like myself and, and Dave, would get to have a very clean UI and a dashboard. I think that's the person that wins at the end.
2: Yeah, so that's actually on our roadmap. <laughs> it was a very, very good insight.
0: Plug, plug. <laughs> that's a good alpha Just a right, little though. bit of alpha, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's bit actually okay. going to,
2: we're also gonna okay, have native okay. voting on the platform too, so you can vote for all Ooh. the different gauges and then claim from all of the different sides as well, so.
1: Man, okay, man, after my own heart, I feel like the UX in, in crypto is like the last thing everybody thinks, everybody just giga yeah. it, like really beautiful, and then like, in, in terms of UX, they're like, they're J they'll figure it out. I'm like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, Charlie, in, enough of the easy questions, I'm going to ask you a hard one here. So, <laughs> um, theoretically... Pitch is all about capturing the maximum meta governance efficiency and pricing these these tokens and these incentives. So, if FXS have a weekly emission of 87.5 thousand FXS, that comes out to be about, let's call it, you know, 450, 500K to make the math easy. Shouldn't there be a theoretical limit to how much all the bribes should add up to? It should add up to 500K, right? Mm-hmm. Money in, money out. Um, do you think that? Is the well, at that point it would be like a zero sum game,
2: yeah? So that's a fantastic question, and I think it comes mm. into the nature of markets in general because theoretically it should always be 500k, It should never also be 200k because if it's 200k, then frax is clearly mispriced, and the fact that it has consistently been 200k is why frax yeah. has been printing off of Vodium. Uh, so yeah. this is like a hilarious inefficiency in the market where it shouldn't be on either side, and if it does go over. Then the price of frac should go up, and it provides legitimate or like venue for price discovery on the token that's not a FTX limit book, so or a limit order book. So I think it'll be really cool to watch this play out in the next few months.
0: God, okay, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, so I think I was going to ask as a as a user. So you no, know, I have you know, my VEFXS, and I, I also staked in PitchFXS. Will there be a way like? to like use both to vote? Like you said you do, you're creating an interface for PitchFXS, will that be for, will recognize recognize VFXS as well and I can just like do everything on there? Or how does how will that work in the future? Or-
2: yeah, that's, that's a good question. So there's uh, two types, there's VEFXS will vote strictly on chain. It happens every week on the Frax website. You have to go, you have to pay money. For PitchFXS, if you wanna vote, it will not cost money. It will be on snapshot, like a CVX vote. So you can just press go. Uh, or you can delegate it to us and then we'll vote for the most profit maximum, uh, we'll maximize for the profits on behalf of the user. So we can't intrinsically combine those into one transaction because they're different, but we're going to mm-hmm. have the venue for both available. So you can say if you have VEFXS, of vote right here. If you have Pitch of XS, vote here. Um, and theoretically, you could have one click to perform both of those transactions on mm. the blockchain. I believe you, you might have to press yes twice because you, you would need to create two different signatures with your private key. Not to like jump into the, the cryptography of, of how it all works, but would it, be, it, the, it should, yeah.
0: Would it be just an automation, just like, oh, click this and then, or would you, oh, you're still clicking it twice though. So I guess it's not automated.
2: Well, the, the reason you need to click it twice is because you would need two different transaction signatures. signatures. Yeah. yeah. So your private key needs
0: to be used twice. Okay. That makes sense. You know what I thought
1: of just right now is, you know, let's say you have a pitch FXS, pitch CRV, and you know, pitch XYZ. Once they all come out, it would be really crazy if you know there is almost like a asset management type where you would sell my let's say I start a state one as pitch FXS, but then in this week, you know, CVX rewards are like much better, so then you would swap my pitch FXS for pitch CVX just to do the voting. For for Mm -hmm. that week, or 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 you like you know split my asset holdings. Like let's say I had a meta governance portfolio, and I don't really care what goes on in this asset. I just want to maximize yield out of it, and I just outsource outsource that management to pitch, and pitch just kind of moves my money into whichever meta governance token gives the best yield for that week. And then I was sick.
2: Did you get a hold of our roadmap before we had this conversation? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you've been looking at over there, but that that is a
0: foresight. (laughs) it's been in the game for a while he just knows (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) yeah that's that's actually like the exact roadmap because there's so many and and like we're not trying to keep pitch fxs at a tight peg we're not if you've noticed we're uh, against fracks in the frack swap gauge and we're not saying like this needs to trade one-to-one to to fxs because it might not and that's totally fine because if there's an inefficiency there and we happen to hold a bunch of other pitch xyz assets we'll just swap for the better one and then claim the yield over there and that should create a much more efficient market Around okay. the governance of the token, because what makes PitchFXS more compelling than FXS is you can vote with PitchFXS, and it will capture related yield with it. And you cannot do that with vanilla FXS. And once vanilla, you start to combine that,
0: so,
2: yeah. So it'll memory. be uh, it'll <laughs> oh, be <that's> fun. <laughs>
1: It'll be like, so there's VE FXS, vote escrow, and then there's VFXS, vanilla FXS. <laughs> uh, okay, because that, that was exactly my pain point, because I have CVX FXS right now, and if you look at that curve pool, that curve pool is just broken. Like, I'm going right. to suffer like a 17% discount, right? I was like, well, if I wanted to swap between C V X F X S FXS and then pitch FXS, like, Mm -hmm. That could be pretty interesting if I capture, you know, that those two theoretically should be one-to-one because Mm -hmm. they both represent the same vote. Well, no, so
2: actually they aren't one-to-one because you cannot vote with CVX FXS and you can vote with Pitch FXS. So there's actually a very clear difference in the tokens for that reason.
1: That is a good point. That's a good point. I remember people asking in the convex chat, when can we, uh, we vote, uh, I can, we vote.
0: you know, <laughs> we want to vote. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. Um, something I've also been wondering is um, ha- when designing Pitch FXS and your whole system, have you thought about MEV at all? And have you thought about like kind of attack vectors of MEV? And what have you seen? Have you not noticed <clears throat> anything? Um, have you not seen anything yet? Like what's your take on MEV and this kind of meta governance that you're focusing on?
2: That I I love talking about MEV. I used to actually write some very vanilla MEV searchers. So this is a spot close to my heart. Uh, uh, Yeah. Um, And it, but the way that MEV really like matters is when you're in a high transaction volume environment, like an AMM and you can start front running people in really interesting ways. In the case of, pitch. I don't think there's an advantage to voting before somebody or claiming money before somebody. So you're not mm-hmm. going to see these ordering arbitrages that you might see in traditional MEV, nor okay. would you see like flash loan, loan liquidations or something like that. So I think things will be okay for now. Eventually, if the protocol evolves and you can start swapping between meta governance assets really quickly and vote and leave, it might oh, okay. get interesting, but, but that's a long ways away.
0: Okay. So Molex waiting on Actually, the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually it isn't, so i not so I
1: read somewhere that Vodium actually rebalances their uh snapshot votes according to like new incentives that are being added onto their platform. So if an incentive is added at the very last minute, a you know, the Vodium kind of like delegated votes would adjust into that newly added bride. Right. Mm-hmm. And also as more people vote like off of Vodium, um, that would also impact Vodium's Delegated voting. So theoretically, can't someone wait until the very last minute to throw in a mega mega vote for the uh incentivized pool and earn that uh Vodium bribe. And then Vodium was that like, kinda of stuck because they didn't have time to kind of front run that to make sure that they redelegated perfectly.
2: hmm That that's a fantastic question and it comes to the the nature of how the protocol is run. Uh, I don't, and I'll don't. explain what that means in a second. So I don't know exactly how Vodium runs their their sh- shop. I don't know if they wait till the vote is over and then they run the script to generate the votes or if they do it midway through. But a really easy solution to that is that you wait until after the voting is finished, and th- which is what we do. We wait till 5.01 when the votes are done. And then you run this enormous warehouse of scripts that retrieve... Here's how many people voted for X, y and z, here's blah, blah blah. And then the final step is you say, here's how many votes we have that were delegated to us and we will de facto vote like we will they're called them um, like a, a fake vote effectively. It's like a, a virtual vote is the name of it. You assign your virtual votes after the aggregation is done, and then it's very obvious which is the, the best one to vote for. So you wait until the whole period's elapsed and then say someone put a, like down a huge incentive at the last second. That's fine because you don't actually factor in yourself until you include everybody else in the final sum of incentives. So it should be a-okay. It would only not be a-okay if you decided to include yourself before the vote had actually elapsed. So it, it'll be okay. But don't,
1: you, but don't you need to vote before the time elapsed so that you can get counted?
2: Uh, well, the nice thing is that you're the one doing the counting. so you can just even if your votes aren't like on the snapshot you have the the script that has the money inside of it and says here's who voted for what so you might want to put down the vote on snapshot formally at the last second but say someone does this attack and you're like oh they clearly were trying to screw us up um you could just modify the script or like add in a different function that factors that out
0: interesting okay yeah, so Charlie, I know this is something all the uh, audience members at home are wondering: uh, when token, when when pitch, is that coming?
2: <laughs> there, uh, there may or may not be a token in the in the near future to help organize and start to corral all the different governance tokens out and about. So definitely stay tuned if that were to happen at some point in the near future.
0: All right, I guess I'll stay tuned. Wow! Well, that was a lot of thought for a may not, huh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, Charlie, um, I mean, this has been super awesome, but you know, we, before we, we signed off here, uh, I would love to, we always do this thing, a series of like lightning questions for us to kind yeah. of hit you with, and then you kind of give us, you know, really quick answers to it. So the first question I always ask was, what was your Virgin crypto experience? When did you first touch the chain?
2: It was uniswap in 2019 it was like right when uniswap came out really 2019 uniswap t- yeah it was a very bad ux <laughs> wow, it was,
1: wow.
0: Fun. Okay.
2: it was fun though yeah okay. it was, i was researching stable coins so i was like literally trying to replicate their like system so we could create it was called a time coin and you could like depending on how much time was left you had more or less supply mm.
1: uh, okay biggest regret
2: biggest regret in terms of crypto in terms of crypto, um, I mean, there's a million moon coins I missed, but I think the biggest regret I have is not buying more Frax when it was a dollar.
0: <laughs> or Frax shares. Okay.
2: Frax shares. Yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, well,
0: Frax is always a dollar for you. you, know, you frax dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Frax dollar. I'll be right back. I'm going to go get some right for- now. <laughs> right.
1: Okay. Uh, and then now, um, aside from Frax, are there any other projects you're excited about?
2: Yeah, I think that the, what I'm most excited about is seeing all these things talk to each other in a way that's never been seen before. I'm very excited to see the, the perps on GMX interact with the lending that's happening on Aave and the more degenerate <laughs> ones out there. And I'm really interested in, in DeFi interconnectedness, so I'm, I can't wait for that to keep playing out.
1: Cool. And last question, what do you like to do off-chain?
2: I play a lot of music, a uh, big musician.
1: With that voice? And he plays an instrument.
2: Bam. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> watch
1: out. <laughs> oh, man. Know, man. Uh, that's, that's all of my end. Thank you so much, Charlie, for joining yeah, us and today. B- uh, with- uh,
0: before we go, can you give us your socials? Like, where can people find you?
2: Yeah, so check out Pitch, Pitch underscore money on Twitter. We also have a Discord and a Telegram. And then my name on Twitter is just at Charlie underscore Pile. So find me there, find me on Telegram. I'm out and about on chain, so you know where to find me.
0: He's on chain.
2: Yeah, thank you guys oh, for everything. Right. This has been really fun.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Like, very dense and deep answers. Um, definitely got a lot out of every time I like talk to you. Honestly, I feel like I learn something new and just view, view how basically different protocols interact differently because you see it. You're there on chain, and I can tell like how passionate you are about it. So it's definitely helping me learn about it more and more because. It's just, you know, you just learn something new every day and just like hearing people that know their, you know, know their stuff is just really important. So like, you know, excited to see where Pitch goes in the future.
2: Yeah, man. No, I think it'll be really fun just trying to get better every day. And to all of the Frax slash FXS LPs who will be unlocked in the next handful of days, there is a token <laughs> for you where you can vote. oh <laughs> So I would please, please consider it. It is triple digit APY right now in Frax swap and you can vote oh. with it. So as the Frax wars kick off, hopefully
0: so will Pitch FXS. And you heard it here. Simple plug. Cool. Nice. Just a little great, simple great, plug great at the alpha. end. alpha. <laughs> nice. yeah.
2: Thank you guys nice. again for having me on. Yeah. This has been so fun. Thanks, Charlie.
1: Cool,
0: man. All right. See you soon. Peace. All right. Peace. Hey, everyone. That was Flywheel. And wow, that was a great episode. Like even, you know, going back and listening to that one again, I think this is one, another one for the books, especially considering it was Charlie's First podcast, and I'm sure we'll have them on again in the future, especially seeing the progress of pitch in the Frax ecosystem and beyond.
1: Yeah, man, I I really like how we're spotlighting you know builders on top of the Frax ecosystem. I think those unsung heroes need a platform, you know. Yeah. I, and I, I'm glad we we're able to provide that, and especially with Charlie too. When I kind of first met him, he was working on some NFT stuff and now like seeing his growth on the DeFi side of what he's actually able to ship. Like it's just phenomenal. Yeah. And
0: I'm super proud of the guy and I'm very excited to see what he's gonna build next. Dude's a ship or for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for everyone for watching. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at FlywheelPod. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on Telegram with our Telegram channel at FlywheelPod again. Also, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, and wherever podcasts are distributed. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next one.